Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki. And you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle. Eric Cabral. On this episode, I don't operate totally out of fear. I always say it's like 25% it's fear. That's me being totally honest. 75% is the challenge of how do I get this to the next level? You know, because when we reach 10, it's like this ceiling. It's really hard to crack to get to like 15 or 20. I mean, it, it took us a really long time to sort of crack that nut. But it's a combination of both. You know, it's not it's not the money. You know, it's not like I need more. You know, I, I have everything. It really is that fear of like, I'm genuinely appreciative and I respect, you know, the business so much that I, I just don't take it for granted. And I know things can change in 2.2 seconds. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. Wow, Habib Salo. How many takeaways? Oh 70? God. And for those who are about to listen, you'll get the reference of the number 70. Yeah. What just happened? How I, amazing was that? It, it, it's, you know, the, the benefits of being a podcaster, Josh, um, 
for me has always been when I can talk to someone where I can learn a ton. And that's the, kind of the main reason why I kept doing it was like, wow, this is free mentorship. Yeah. Um, now, as we've been elevating and growing ourselves, it's kind of been flipped and people ask us for advice during these podcasts. And I've told you this offline, Josh, I'm like, man, I just want to talk to people who are next level that can really help us. And I can ask the right questions, right? And boy, did we ask the right questions. Yeah. I mean, Habib Solo, he's the, uh, it's a family run business, but he's the one running it now. It's Young Nails, which is so intriguing, right? To see somebody like him. Yeah. Uh, so they sell nail products and nail polish to um, uh, distributors and now the end user. Mm. They were stagnant, as you hear, at 10 million, which is a whole conversation. And now they they more than doubled that with no end in sight, thanks in part to Vayner Media. And we talk about how modeling and yeah. just just what you have to do to succeed and his struggles. Yeah, so we're really excited to bring you guys this episode because we learned a ton mm. and we know you'll learn a ton. And we're going to continue having these conversations with people so that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to learn and grow and, and, and you as well, hopefully. So please enjoy this episode with Habib Salo, our friend from the Vayniverse. And it's pronounced Habib uh, Salo? That's perfect. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Habib Salo. It's so close to Han Solo, man. Come on. It's changing it. Han Solo. I could only Doesn't wish. It, it just looks like it. Or, or, or dream. Cool would that be? I could only dream. Um, it would be a buddy amazing. Of mine, actually, my, my <laughs> wife's cousin named his kid. He wanted to name him Han Solo and then the last name. But then um, his wife was like, oh, hell no. So they named him Harrison. So yeah, Harrison Solo is his name. <laughs> oh, Damn. Hey, Wait, you know, that's a that's a close second. His name is Harrison. Yeah, Harrison. Solo. How old is Harrison? Four or five. Well, because I have a son, Harrison, and he just turned six. There you go. So I guess it is a generational thing. So it's good. It's not. It's not too far out. But it was nice. for Harrison Ford because he couldn't name Han Solo. Ah, very interesting. That's so funny. So where are you from, Habib? Where do we uh, Where do we originate from? Yeah, I was born and raised in Southern California, uh, Los Angeles, and. Um, Moved out to uh, New York briefly. So I grew up here. And then af after I went to college down here, went to UC Riverside. And then afterwards, went to New York for about six months. Um, realized I do not like the cold. So I came back to Los Angeles. Actually moved into the city in LA. And honestly, I've been here ever since. Hmm. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is the fact that you grew a business with the help of VaynerMedia and every yeah. portion of it from you were quote unquote stagnant at 10 million. Yep. I mean, geez, to even yep. think about that, it's like, how much more do you have to go? Just, I think you've arrived. Like, <laughs> it's enough. Right? Some might say, not me, but it's like, oh, poor, he's stagnant at 10. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Like, conversation, Vader, we got, yeah. Yeah, we got to get over 10 here. What, 10, 10K? 10, no, no, we're at 10 million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking to the right people. And there's so much even in that. But talk to us about what YN yeah. is, Young Nails, and what a, uh, a strapping young man like yourself is doing in the nail industry. Yeah, all great questions. Uh, so basically, um, my mom started the company back in uh, 92 with my brother and they uh were were in the process of building this business she wanted to get into the cosmetics business so she started this business pulled my brother he was in fire technology school pulled him over um said run this business with me son you'll be rich in two years you know you're gonna have everything you want obviously did not turn out that way 
eight years, eight years into it, um, you know, we were literally drowning in debt. Um, my, my dad was an auto mechanic and, and he was basically like supporting the family. You know, he had a, he had a business, um, his own auto mechanic business. And just, we were, we were dying, struggling. Uh, the business wasn't generating much revenue. We were hugely in debt. Our house was getting foreclosed on. And at that time I, you know, I had good credit. I was the last person in the family with good credit. Um, and I was, you know, I kind of came to a point where I was like, I, I got to try to help my family. I did not want to get into the nail business, you know? So it was not a passion at all. It was more of like, I don't have a choice. You know, I can't let my family just go through this and like, maybe I can help. So I dove in, um, I unloaded my credit cards, you know, pulled out some money so that we had a little bit of uh, cash flow. And from there, you know, it was my mom, my brother and I, and we were, we were, it was kind of a good team. Like I could, we just kind of divided, you know, and conquered my, my brother's this amazing salesperson. It was like, Greg, go do this. I'll, I'll handle the, the money. You know, my mom was great at purchasing. Hey, you just keep doing this. Let me handle the, the, the guts of the business. And we slowly started to see things like, you know, like turn where it wasn't like everybody was doing everything. It was like, you know, we, we divided and conquered and that was kind of a good strategy we set in place and we started to see growth from there. But, but that's how I got in it. You know, it wasn't a, um, it, it was never something I dreamed about getting in, involved in. It was, uh, it was kind of crazy. I, I just, I got into it because I, I felt like I had to get into it. Um, but then I, I fell in love with business. You know, I fell in love with the process of like trying to build something from, from nothing. And, and that was a huge challenge and tasted a few little successes along the way. And it was like, Ooh, this, this is kind of interesting, you know? Um, but, uh, that's, that's kind of how we got started, man. It's, uh, a little bit wild for sure. It was a ride. It was a ride. Was hubby? I mean, su such a great story. So inspirational. Um, I just, I just love family and, and and the dynamic between family and 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 families that can work together. I mean, usually yeah. we're at each other's throats at dinner. Um, so I am curious about that. I want to go. I want to go back to that. Like, what are Thanksgivings yeah. like at home? But um, <laughs> great um, question. You, you said you said you had to, right? It was a necessity, yeah. right? It was like do or die. Yeah. Um, but then, what was that aha moment? Was it? Did it happen quickly, or was it over time when you fell in love with it? Yeah. Falling in love with it, it, you know what it was, I had to step outside of like my comfort. This forced me to really step outside of my comfort zone and to address things that I never wanted to do. Like, I'll give you an example. It was like, um, people owed us money, right? Our accounts receivable was through the ceiling. People owed us money. Nobody, my brother, my mom, or myself, none of us were collecting the money. So it was like, somebody's got to do this, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, the last thing I want to do is call somebody and tell you owe us $687. When are you paying? You know, it was like a nightmare for me. I didn't have a choice. I had to do it. I, I, I realized, wow, I'm actually starting to get comfortable with this. And then I actually started like getting good at it. And so that process of having this idea in my head of, I suck at this to wait, I don't have a choice. I need to do this now. And then, oh my God, I'm actually pretty good at this. It, the business showed me, it taught me that like, I don't really know much about myself at all. Things I thought I liked, you know, things I think things that I, I decided I don't like 
it opened up this whole world in me of like, I need to try everything within the business. And that was the start of like, this is changing me as a person. And I, I loved that about the business. It, it really challenged me as a human being and uh, pushed me completely outside of my comfort zones. And then in that process gave me a lot of confidence. Like, wow, I could do things that I never thought I could do. That was the start of it. Was that the impetus for when I sort of, you know, half in jest said, oh, 10 million, you're stagnant. Like, why not just ride it mm. out? Is it because yeah. you instinctively know, God, there's so much more we have, I have to grow and to give, and we're going to reach for it? Yeah, that's such a great question. I'll tell, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Um, because we went through such gnarly financial times and the struggle was uh, it was so awful you know i mean you're coming home every day and your parents are fighting because we have no money or you know i had to even got to a point where literally we were so we were broke that i had to call friends and ask them if i could borrow 500 to so we could pay bills i mean very like you know not a great place to be so having gone through that once we were on the other side of it, where we started to grow, there's always, even today, you know, there's just enough fear in me of like, I never want to go back to the place again, that it doesn't matter if it's 2 million, if we're doing 5 million, if we're doing 10 million, I, I am constantly motivated to continue to grow the business. And, um, it's not, I don't operate totally out of fear. I always say it's like 25% it's fear. That's me being totally honest. 75% is the challenge of how do I get this to the next level? You know, because when you reach 10, when we reach 10, it's like, it's like the ceiling. It's really hard to crack, you know, to get to like 15 or 20. I mean, it, it took us a really long time to sort of crack that night. Um, but it's a combination of both, you know, it's not, it's not the money, you know, it's not like I need more, you know, I, I have everything. It's, it really is that fear of like, I I'm, I'm genuinely appreciative and I respect, you know, the business so much that I, I just don't take it for granted. And I know things can change in 2.2 seconds. So, um, I'm, I, I operate a little cautiously in terms of like, I don't want to let, let my guard down. I need to keep on this, you know, plus, um, this is, this is fun too. Like I like, I like puzzles. Um, so that, that's why. This is so interesting. I love the 75% fear. T 25 fear. I mean, I'm sorry, 25% fear and 75%, yeah. you know, uh, you, you want the challenge. You want to you get yourself to the next level. Um, can, can we scratch a little bit on the, tw the, the, the fear portion of it? Yeah. Right? Because, um, we just, we just had a meeting about this and, um, directly pointing the finger to me that like, you need to have some fear, um, mm. you need to grow. And I'm mm. like, I have no fear. I'm supposed to lead the <laughs> troops into the fire. We're supposed to like, right. Go in. We're yeah, bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. With that so, accent. Exactly. So I did do it, didn't I? So, um. Still trying to wonder why, but Great. so. Twice now. <laughs> can you, can you, can you, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm here to learn brother. And I'm, I want to learn this yeah. from you. What does that mean? So you, you understand things can change at any moment and that keeps you in check. It mm. keeps the fear, uh, right. At a level that's healthy enough for you to operate. Yeah. So when like things like when we were in that, you know, eight year 
actually, I started at the eight-year span. It was another five years until we got the business um, to, to zero, you know, like dug ourselves out of debt. So it was a 13-year process. But from when I started in that five years, so many things uncontrollable. <laughs> it, uh, it felt like at times like, is the world operating against us? Like what it's, it's almost so unbelievable that things could go wrong, you know, um, that just un, like uncontrollable things I can't control where it would change the course of, you know, we would make some ground and then you got to take three steps back or take five steps forward, another three steps back. And then, you know, it felt like we were inching along. So I know very well that, things like, you know, somebody, uh, you know, God forbid, but somebody could get injured here, you know, there could be a lawsuit, or we've had multiple lawsuits of people trying to, or I mean, we had there was a fire that happened right next to our building that almost took our business down. Those are the types of things I'm, I'm, I'm like talking about, like, like things could change in an in an instant that are out of my control. And so like, I try to stay on top of the business what is within my control as much as humanly possible, you know? And I'm just like, I just don't want to go back. You know, I never, it, it was such a pain point in our families, like in our family history, it was, it was just so painful and ugly. And um, it's just a part of my life that I don't want to experience that. I don't want my, my, my wife and my kids to experience that. You know, so I, it's like, I get up in the morning and I'm like, I, just, I think about it, you know, I mean, I, I have like a good 50 minutes to an hour drive into work. And one of the things I do every day is like, I put on music that like, just gets me ready for the day, you know, and I, I, I listen to it loud, you know, I'm kind of a hip hop head. I love hip hop and I just bump it super loud and always is just no, my head goes back to the days of, you know, what we went through. And uh, I get, sometimes I'm in the car in tears. I'm like, mm. you know, I just get really emotional about it. Um, but that really, really drives me because it can, it, it can, you know, it can happen whether, whether it's a fire or somebody, you know, thing, things can just change the course of your business in, in two seconds. Got it. Got it. I mean, we all experienced that last year, right? Um, oh yeah. So exactly. eight, eight years, right. Um, dug a hole, took five years to dig out. Can you give us some of the, um, strategies or tactics and things you implemented. I mean, that's, that's a long haul, brother. And yeah. I'm into you for, for sticking it through and your family for like yeah. fighting through five years of yeah. digging out of the hole. I mean, yeah, yeah. What were some of the things you guys implemented? I mean, teach us, man. Oh my gosh. Lots of negotiating with credit card companies, lots of negotiating with vendors. It was like, put it on the table. No, like just hit it head on. I mean, I called every credit card company and the negotiations, the negotiations every time went like this, you know, you owe us this much money. Yes. I know that we're, we're, we're going to pay you back, but I can't pay you. You don't have a choice. And I mm. actually, I do have a choice. I can not pay you at all. You need to lower my interest rate and get me on it. And it would be hours on the phone arguing. And they send me to a manager, another manager, oh, another wow. manager. And so finally, you know, when I got to somebody higher, higher up, they, they were like, okay, we, we believe you. We're going to lower your interest rate and we're going to spread this out over like a three-year period. And so doing that with multiple, all the credit cards, because we couldn't afford at the rates that they were uh, giving us, calling every vendor supplier, 
putting us on a payment plan as well. Like I need, like not, not six months, I need years, you know, but being very honest with our suppliers and saying, we can't pay you. I, we need help. We're going to pay you back, but I need a realistic, you know, timeline. Um, I need three, four years every month, you know, we're going to cut you a check. Um, so that was the first step was like, how do we get a hold of this debt, you know, and manage this debt and start to get our credit working again. And that was really, really hard. Um, the other part too, was my brother and I call this, we had this hustle going on. So my brother was a phenomenal salesman. And so we realized we have to bring money in the door every week to pay bills. So what my brother would do, he would load up our, we had this little, we had this Ford Ranger, man, great truck. He would load up the truck full of nail products and he would hit a beauty school. He would call, make an appointment say, Hey, I'm from young nails. I'm going to show your students how to do, you know, he's an incredible nail technician too. That's one of the things he did that helped our company huge was he got a license and became a, uh, like one of the early male nail professionals in the industry. So he'd load up the truck. He would go to the beauty schools. He would do these demos and put on a show. He'd bring in three, four K come back on Monday. Hey, Habib, here's the money. Okay, cool. Where are you going next? So it was this constant hustle nonstop hustle week after week of like sell, bring in pay bills. On the flip side, I'm trying to manage the debt and the credit card companies. We didn't take a paycheck too. We had to uh, like, you know, I, I had a second job. I was tutoring high school kids. Um, I had my own little side business going so that I could make some money during this time because we couldn't afford to pay. But it was, it was grinding every single like day, you know, like, there was no option. It was like, if we don't do this, we're going under. So we have to, we need to bring money in, you know? So my brother and I did that hustle. You know, he, he hit every beauty school in the state of California. I mean, over like a three-year period, it was, it was insane. And then you got on the radar of, um, or vice versa, Vayner Media, who I know we could talk about how they were instrumental, monumental, pivotal for getting you from point A to point B. But I'd yeah. love to hear first what they did, perhaps obviously or not, what they did that allowed you to invest quite a good sum of money into them. And I'm yeah. asking specifically for the listener how someone like us can sort of mimic and model what they did sure. that, that attracted you to them. Yeah. So, so just to uh, give you a quick, um, like a, like a, like a timeline. So we connected with Vayner four years ago uh, from the time that, you know, we became debt-free, we, we were able to build the business up to, you know, from, I think at that time, I don't even know where we're doing like 800 grand a year, maybe less um, up to $10 million a year, uh, four years ago. And then in that time period, like we had hit 10 million and we couldn't get past you know, 10 million revenue. I hired marketing firms. I hired, uh, you name it. I brought them in. Like I, we were in distribution. We were in like 5,000 doors across the country, Sally beauty supply, Ulta, you know, these professional distributors all over the country. You'd think like, Oh, we made it. This is huge, but it, it was actually killing us. Like our bottom line, what these big box distributors ask of you, it's, you don't make any money. It, not for the small guy like us, you know, it's the, the bigger companies, the ones making the money. So having that experience of dealing with all these marketing firms that were, it did nothing for us. 
when I somebody told me like we we just started to change our marketing strategy to do videos and go more on social media, but I didn't really know what to do. Somebody was like, "Oh, you should listen to this guy Gary V." And so I listened to his his uh, his video, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is exactly what we're looking for." Went to the four Ds. What I saw at that four Ds was for me, my experience was first of all they know like they have current uh working information when it comes to marketing i've worked with companies that claim to have hey this info we're going to give you it works you know this is how you should market design all this stuff didn't work spent hundreds of thousands of dollars flush it down the toilet when when i went to the 4d session the information they were giving me it was like oh my gosh this is current it's relevant I believed in their model, you know, of how to grow a business, Gary's model really ultimately on how to grow a business. So once I found it and I believed in it, I didn't care. It was like, tell me what you want. I want to work with you because I have, I have a little bit of an idea. Like I need to make content. I get that. And we're making content, but I need, I need more, you know, like I want to, I want to, I want to grow my business. So it was really having the experience of working with other companies and seeing how they operate. And then once I connected with Vayner, completely different experience, even to this day, you know, just completely different experience. But that, that's why for me, it was very easy to, to pull the trigger, so to speak. You know, like what's the, what, I mean, they, they didn't even finish telling me what the terms were. And I was like, I'm in, just send me the paperwork I want to sign because <laughs> I want to, I want to connect with you guys. You know, I, I know you guys have the right direction and information. So that, that's what it was for me. So, so you said, well, let's identify to the audience who's listening here because Vayner's, you know, there's a Vaynerverse out there, right? They, they, they yeah. Multiple, multiple, multiple uh, products and services. Uh, what specifically is the one you're referencing? So this is the Vayner Mentors uh, program. And the Vayner Mentors program, it's it's run by the Sasha Group, which is a Vayner Media company. Um, and they work with small businesses basically as a mentor um, to help you, you know, double or triple the size of your company. Um, that that's the that's the goal ultimately. But uh, they they come in and consult, but it's not like traditional consulting. I mean, these guys really get into your business, um, understand your business, and really put a plan together to to put some like hyper growth behind your your organization. You said you said, Habib, thanks for that. Um, so I just people understand what we're referencing. Sure. Uh, four years ago. So at what point? Was it somewhat recently? Was it a year or two ago where you started to say, see where the results? Yeah, from that's it. Yeah. That's so when we started with Vayner, uh, we didn't see results in the first year, but we saw the change happening within our company. So let me explain. So we, our, our model of business traditionally has been distribution, right? So we, we work with these massive distributors that have thousands of doors across the country. We sell to them, they sell to the, the consumer. With Vayner, part of the strategy was for us to go direct, you know, build out our own e-com. We already had a small e-com business, 
but it was small. You know, the percentage was like, you know, 95% of our business was distribution, 5% was e-com. So Vayner came in and basically, you know, he probably should work, you know, over a three-year period of this plan. Let's get to that point of, of getting you, you know, direct and also um, elevating your brand to the consumer. Because if we're going to go to the consumer, your brand needs to have uh, a consumer feel to it, so on and so forth. So that that transition for us was massive. So in the first year, we saw this like change in revenue. So distribution was going down, but but e-com was going up. And we didn't see a change in revenue, really. It, it kind of stayed the same. Uh, even our, our profits went down a little bit. We got hit because some of our distributors were sending products back, returning stuff to us, which is what they do often. And but but I saw our e-com business was like skyrocketing, and I was like, oh my god! You know, the, even the the maybe our financial statement doesn't show it, but this is happening. Um, and then in that second year is where we saw things like really take off, and and then in the third year, this past year especially in 2020, it just continue to skyrocket. And even in 2021 now, it's not stopping. It's continuing on that path. Are you ready to invest in real estate but don't have the time or enough education to do it by yourself? Accountable Equity helps accredited investors who are looking for tax-advantaged investments. So anyone looking for a team of professionals who hold themselves accountable with theirs and your real estate investments, Accountable Equity is your boots on the ground team. Their mission is to bring private offerings to their investors and their clients. With a team of committed and experienced investors themselves, Accountable Equity is always looking for partners to participate in alternative investments which extend beyond publicly traded equities like stocks. Accountable Equity makes alternative passive cash flow possible for more people than ever before in our economy. To find out more, visit AccountableEquity.com. That's AccountableEquity.com. Or look for them on LinkedIn or Facebook. That's AccountableEquity.com or Accountable Equity. That's Accountable Equity, your partner for true passive real estate investments. Where was that blind spot with Vayner coming in and saying, it's e-commerce? Was it you guys, there was just a resistance, you never considered it? What was it? No, it wasn't so much we had unique challenges so like in the nail industry there's a division in terms of like a lot of the prof- our our main customer was the professional the professional nail technician right in the salon that was our end customer mm. and there's always been an issue with companies like us who traditional sell to pros selling to the end consumer right they don't they don't like that but so we kind of battled with that over the mm-hmm. years that's always been the challenge for us and we used to have this verification where if you buy from our website you have to send us your license and then we have to check it and did it like like 10 steps before you can wow. make a purchase on ecom mm-hmm. so vayner came in and was basically like <laughs> time times are changing guys like you know especially with amazon amazon came in and has opened up you know the nail industry the hair industry that you know anything pros have access to amazon has made them available to everybody the consumer so that really kind of changed you know that helped us they, they helped us in making that transition of like okay you know obviously we don't want to piss off the professional but the one thing we got to come to terms with is 
that the um, the world is changing, you know, mm-hmm. and consumers have access now to everything. Mm-hmm. So wow. that helped us kind of open it up. Um, that was that was a big deal. And then once we kind of got a taste and saw the potential, then we were like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like we can we can own our own customers. You know, like when we sell to a distributor, (laughs) our customer is the distributor. They own all their customers. We have no idea who the customers are. Now, like, you know, like our revenue, it's like 80, 20 now, 80% is e-com, 20% is distribution. It's been a complete flip. And um, we also own our own customers. You know, we communicate with them directly. Uh, We can service them directly. It's, It's so much better all around. I have to ask, can I go in one more? I'm going in. I'm, 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 I'm diving in here. Um, I'm, I'm guessing direct to consumer in your industry is a saturated market, mm. right? How in the world do you differentiate or stand out? Just yeah. saying like, hey guys, do e-commerce. It's not like yeah. we're, we're in it. Yeah. yeah, so this is where content is absolutely vital. So my, my, the nail industry, we're, we're competing against billion dollar companies, you know, in the nail industry, like owned, like, you know, some of our competitors, they, they're these conglomerates, you know, they, they own a bunch of hair brands, nail brands. And, but what you have to do today is you have to pump out content. So the way that we do that is we put out anywhere between 50 to 60, up to 70 pieces of content a day on all the platforms. We post, you know, a YouTube video seven days a week on nail education. We got to study this. We have to study this. Yeah, we, we, we are volume content. We've converted our company into being content creators, to be honest with you. You have a division that, 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 that handles all this. You hired every, yeah. Yeah. Full marketing team. Now we do. In the beginning, it was me and like one other person creating all the content. Like I was filming it. I was cutting it, editing it, posting it. Like had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I was doing it. Um, it was, it was very difficult in the beginning. It took me like 20 hours to edit one video because I didn't know what I was doing, but eventually, you know, as we built, I I was able to bring people in higher. Um, but that's the key. You know, when we put out content, none of it is like, you know, buy our product or it's, it's Mm. not salesy at all. It's, it's the Gary model. It's the Vayner model, which is value, value, value. So we teach people like, let me show you how to build a nail perfectly in this shape. And then we create the video and we don't talk about our product. I mean, we talk about the products when we use them, but we're not selling the products. We're teaching people how to be successful, how to do nails successfully. That's the core of the content. And then maybe, you know, some entertainment, you know, laugh, jokes. We try to, it's all that Vayner model, that Gary model of our only focus is you on the other side. How are we going to give you, we want to give you something more than what you'll ever give us and for free. And then if, if you like it, maybe you'll become a customer. And it creates, the loyalty factor is insane. And our competitors, they're having troubles keeping up, even though they're a billion dollar corporation like creating content at volume is um, there's a method to the madness, you know, and and that all comes from Vayner, you know, exactly. They taught us how to do that, creating micro content, becoming extremely efficient with the content creation process um, is so important. It's so important. Two part question here. Um, So when creating content for the brand, uh, number one, 
who is that brand? Who is the face of the brand? Are there, are there multiple people? And also, yeah. if it's you and your brother and your family and others, how much time is spent creating content with you in it versus you working in and on the business? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so first of all, uh, there's really three three of us. Um, it's myself, my brother, and then Tracy, our general manager. They're both male techs. I'm not. Um, I just like to talk a lot. So, so it's the three of us that's really on on the content, right? Um, but the time thing is really is a really good question. And in the beginning, it sucked all my time. <laughs> It's, I mean, in the first year, I didn't sleep. I mean, I just was really burning the candle at both ends. I mean, creating was content it just constantly. You at the time? It was just me at the time. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I wanted to learn how to do it and understand mm. it. And then I can hire people mm. after to bring them in. Sure. So I, I did that and then um, started hiring people after. So now it takes almost zero of my time. I show up in the morning, like today. We did a one, one hour and 15 minute live stream. My brother did an Instagram live stream, shot two podcast videos that took 45 minutes and done. Went, had lunch, come here. And then the rest of the time is focused on, on the business. But I also, you know, my general manager, she runs the business. I, this is something I've learned in the last four years through VaynerMedia also is like hiring really good people and letting go. Mm. So to be honest with you today, I have more time than I've ever had in the business ever. And it's running better than ever because I've learned to like let go, bring in really good, smart people and let them do the job. And my job is like supporting them in any way. And, and then, you know, like this is the direction we're going, guys. Like make sure everybody understands that this is the direction our company is going. And but but my GM, she she runs the business. You know, I Honestly, I don't have a lot to do with if there's obviously things important I need to know. She 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 fills me in, but she runs it and we have a great marketing team now. But it, it took, you know, in the beginning it wasn't like that. In the first year it was it was it was psychotic. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 exactly. we're there. We're still yeah. in that in that phase. Totally understand. Totally understand. Amazing, brother. So Let's 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 let the audience uh, get a taste. Like, what what's the best way we can help? How can they help? How can they absorb, consume, learn from you, and then at the same time reach out if they if if they want to start? Yeah, anytime. I mean, you can always uh, you know if you want to hit me up personally, if you have questions, you can always do so uh, either on LinkedIn or even Instagram is probably a better place for me um, at H solo 27. Any, anybody has any questions, I'm always happy to help. Um, in terms of like, for, for any takeaways for, for people, like, I think that the, the hardest thing that I see, at least in our industry is when, when people start creating content, they don't know where to begin. They don't know how to do it. Um, and that's, that is, that is exactly where I was, you know, it's, it's no different. Um, and the only difference is like, I just, I almost, I cared, but I did it anyway. You know, I cared about what people thought in the beginning, but I did it anyway. And then I learned how to like, not care so much as I went, but it's, it's just like forcing the action. And, you know, I, this is something I learned as I was talking about earlier about like collecting the money, you know, I didn't want to do something, but then I, I gained that confidence of like, oh, wow, I suck at this. But look, after a certain amount of time, I got good at it. 
So having a lot of those experiences over time built a lot of confidence for me to know that even though I suck at this now, like this is a longer game, give me six months, eight months to learn this, you know, 12 months to learn this, I'm going to get a little bit better. I'll start to dial it in, you know, but it, it just, it takes, it takes time, but you, you have to just do it. Even if you create stuff and you watch it later and you're like, God, this is awful. Post it, learn from it and then make another one and try to improve it the next time. You know, um, that is the only way I know how to, how to, how to do content. Um, too many people get wrapped up in like this piece of content needs to be absolutely perfect. And, um, the the social media content game is so different than traditional media where traditional media photo shoots would take eight hours to get the perfect shot social media is one second somebody watches it they flick right past it it's gone so even if it's like mediocre i always say this to people like nobody stops and goes wow that's a really mediocre piece of content nobody nobody ever thinks that they just they just keep going you know so if it doesn't if it's not a great piece of content right now they just pass by and and that's okay you 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 make another one and try to you know try to try to get better at it um, little by little it's just a process on our way out that final point you made is everything to me that stands uh, to be reiterated. The fact that we give so much weight and consideration to, is it a good picture? Should I put yeah. it out? Should I try to, the worst case is that it sucks and nobody even yeah. acknowledges it because it's not in their feed or yeah. it, their day is not being ruined. <laughs> yeah. But we think, oh, I'm going to get called <laughs> out and I'm going to be embarrassed for it. No, believe me, nobody. It's cares. true. It's, it's, it's either, you know, if it's so bad and awful and shocking, somebody will stop and share it. Or if it's so incredibly amazing, somebody will stop and probably share it and see it. Everything else in the middle just gets swiped by and nobody has an opinion or a judgment, which is why you have to post good. everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta post everything until so you learn how to, how to get it to that point. You know, it, it just, it takes time. But we think that everything I post, good, bad, yeah. or indifferent, is going to be so judged and so of yeah. importance to somebody's day. It's true. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. And, and and what I've come to learn, I mean, several things, but uh, as we wrap up here, 70 pieces or more of content a yeah. day. I mean, that's <laughs> insane. Seven days a week I on mean, YouTube. Yeah. I, if I'm putting seven pieces personally <laughs> a, week, yeah. a week. Yeah. A week. A uh, week. So obviously a week, not yeah. doing enough. Your challenge. Let me see you go in a week. And I'll give you a month. <laughs> <laughs> and the big thing, Abib, and thank you so much for sharing this, is when I do turn it on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to sell something, you know, through right. a story. And thank right. you for saying that. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to always be, right? Educate, no. help, you know, share. Yes. Yeah. Help them that, grow. Yeah. That it, I'm telling you, that is the key. If, if you can teach and give that value on the other side and just show somebody how to do something, you're, you're going to win. That's That's huge. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love Habib, Salo, incredible. I believe that this has to be just the first of several, if not many, maybe 70 conversations we have because that is our magic number. Let's stay in touch and have, <laughs> let's work Anytime. towards many more conversations. Yeah, oh, 100%. I would love to keep in contact with you guys. It was, so thanks cool. for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so You're much. You're wonderful. We thanks, sir. You. Thank you. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, 
at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Mm-hmm.